Please listen carefully. Salutations, toppers, and welcome to episode 89 of the Turn of Phrases podcast. Thank you for giving me some of your time today, and I hope this episode finds you well. Today's episode is going to be out of this world, because we're doing a space theme. I have no ado, so let's blast off into today's phrases, origins, history, and more. So, to begin, we're going to do some space etymology exploration. Mainly because as I was looking for phrases to include today, I found myself wondering why space is called space, and how long we've been using this word to describe the vast expanse above our heads. The word space has Latin roots, as many words do. In this case, it's the word spatium, which means area, room, or an interval of space or time. This became the old French word espace, meaning a period of time, distance, or interval. This became the word space that we still use today during the Middle English period. However, while the noun space has been in the English language since at least the early 14th century, the word didn't become associated with, well, space for quite some time. Now, humans have known about space since way back in old-timey times. They just didn't call it space. I'm sure there have been many names for the big black above us, but seeing as how I don't speak any ancient languages, I don't know what all people have called it over time. Space has had other names over time, and the word space has other meanings. Once it made its way into the English language, it was used much like its root word, to mean an area or an amount. That use is from around the year 1300, and by the mid-14th century, it was being used more to mean distance. By the late 14th century, this was expanded to mean more specifically the distance between two points or objects, and was also used to refer to a territory. So basically, throughout the 14th century, it was used various ways to describe a physical place the passage of time, or the area between two things. By the early 15th century, it was also being used to refer to the size of something. It became a typographical term in the late 17th century. Finally, it became used to refer to outer space. Many people attribute this jump from the previous meanings to one that is out of this world to John Milton, the English poet who wrote Paradise Lost in 1667. In it, he included this quote, And all her numbered stars, that seem to roll spaces incomprehensible. End quote. Now, his usage is almost certainly the one that helped popularize this usage of the word. But some people maintain that he wasn't the first to use it this way. A Roman poet and philosopher named Lucretius wrote De Rerum Natura, around 55 BC. The title of this poem translates to On the Nature of Things, and it was first translated to English in the 1650s by Lucy Hutchinson, an English translator, poet, and biographer. 
She used the word space to translate the word spatium, which technically makes it an earlier use in print than Paradise Lost. Now, as a bonus, outward space wasn't used in print until 1842. It was again thanks to a poet, though, used by English poet Lady Emmeline Stuart Wortley in her poem, The Maiden of Moscow. Outward space became outer space three years later, when it was used by Alexander von Humboldt, a Prussian polymath, geographer, naturalist, explorer, and influential proponent of romantic philosophy and science. Is that enough titles for you? Anyway, he used outer space as an astronomical term in 1845, a term which was then made more popular by H.G. Wells after the turn of the 20th century. Before moving on, let's quickly look at the etymology of stellar. The pi root word stir, spelled S-T-E-R, which meant star, led to the late Latin word stellaris, meaning pertaining to a star or starry. By the 17th century, this had become stellar, and similarly meant pertaining to a star or starry. It was late 19th century theater that gave us the other use we have for this word, as they began using the word star to refer to leading actors and those with outstanding talent. Since stellar means star, the meaning made its way to stellar, which is why people still use it to say something is fantastic. Now, let's deal with a problem. I feel like the idiom, Houston, we have a problem, is an extremely popular space-related phrase. Unfortunately, it's also one that is said wrong by pretty much everyone who uses it, myself included. It's used to describe a problematic situation, especially an unforeseen one. This saying technically came from space itself, but it wasn't said as Houston we have a problem. Apollo 13 was the seventh manned mission for the Apollo space mission. It was also supposed to be the third one to land on the moon. It launched on April 11, 1970, but just two days later an oxygen tank exploded and made a moon landing impossible. Even so, they did achieve the record of going further into space than any other humans when they flew past the far side of the moon reaching a distance of 248,655 miles from Earth. This record stands to this day. That has nothing to do with the saying, I just thought it was pretty amazing. Anyway, back to the explosion. The command module pilot, John Swigert, who went by Jack, was the first to tell Mission Control about the explosion. To do so, he said, quote, Okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. End quote. Okay, side note here, that seems like a pretty chill way to say, hey, our tiny little space bubble almost blew up. But that's just me. Let's move on. On the ground in mission control, Jack Luzma was the mission's Capcom. This role is the person who speaks directly to the shuttle and is usually held by a fellow astronaut, as their experience and training gives them the benefit of being able to best communicate information between the astronauts in space and the rest of mission control. Anyway, Luzma asked the astronauts on Apollo 13 to repeat the transmission, and Mission Commander Jim Lovell stated, quote, Uh, Houston, we've had a problem, end quote. 
Again, why are they so chill? Their little space bubble has almost blown up. <laughs> that just blows my mind. No pun intended. Okay, so how did this saying become misspoken? You might think it was thanks to Tom Hanks in the movie Apollo 13, which came out on June 30th, 1995. The well-known and oft-quoted line is, quote, Houston, we have a problem, end quote. But here's the twist. While likely the most well-known misuse of the saying, it wasn't the first. This saying was changed up over two decades earlier, but it was still because of a movie. On March 2, 1974, Universal Television released a made-for-TV movie titled Houston, We Have a Problem. Then in 1983, NASA had a weekly radio program that was about space history. It was called, you guessed it, Houston, We Have a Problem. So from space to the small screen to the radio to the big screen. Now I have a couple of turn of phrases tidbits for you. The first tidbit is star-crossed, which basically means someone or something is doomed to fail from the beginning, and it can also be used to mean unlucky. This one is easy to track down, as it is yet another saying attributed to Shakespeare. It was in Romeo and Juliet, which was written in 1592. We find it in the prologue, quote, From forth the fatal loins of these two foes, a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life. End quote. This is why the saying is often said as star-crossed lovers and is sometimes used to describe a relationship that is troubled. The idea behind it is much older, as people have seen the stars as something that could affect their lives since way back in old-timey times. Astrology in some form has been around since at least the early 6th century B.C. Our other tidbit for today is to hitch your wagon to a star. This means to set big goals for yourself, which you will accomplish by joining up with someone or something that has already reached the goal you're trying to achieve. Some people use it to say dream big, or even to tell someone to not set goals that are too small and easy to accomplish. We also know exactly who first pinned this one as it is first found in a work by Ralph Waldo Emerson, the American essayist, lecturer, philosopher, and poet. Civilization was an essay Emerson published in Society and Solitude, a collection of 12 essays that had been originally written as lectures. It was published in 1870 and included this quote, Now that is the wisdom of a man, in every instance of his labor, to hitch his wagon to a star and see his chore done by the gods themselves. End quote. That's all I have for today's tidbits, so now it's time for today's familiar quotation. Topper's today's familiar quotation is from Socrates. Here's what he had to say about space. Quote, Man must rise above the earth, to the top of the atmosphere and beyond for only thus will he fully understand the world in which he lives. End quote. Thank you, Socrates, for giving us today's familiar quotation. All right, toppers, it's time for today's For Better or For Words, 
Love advice from old timey times. Remember that this advice is over a hundred years old and I'm sharing it for entertainment purposes only. Now let's hear from the ladies first. Don't expect all the love to be on his side. It will wear thin for lack of support if you do. And now for the men. Don't shout when you are angry. It isn't necessary to let the children or the servants know all about it. All right, toppers, that's going to do it for episode 89. Thank you for lending me your ears today to turn some phrases. As I always do, I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you learned something along the way. Check out my website, turnofphrases.com, to find out information about the show's social media, for details about the music I use in the show, and much more. If you had a good time listening, please consider subscribing or leaving a rating and review. Also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast, researched, written, hosted, and produced by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers, thanks for being such stellar listeners. Toodaloo! Let me rephrase. To describe the vast abit... <laughs> nope. A Roman poet and philosopher named Lucretius wrote... Da, de, 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 wrote De Rum... <laughs> Red Ram. And similar... <laughs> I hate that word. Why did I put it in my script? It's used to describe a problematic situation... I don't know if y'all can hear that train, but it's like miles away, but it is so loud. Please pass train. Okay. I think the train is gone. It's used to describe a pop. (laughs) That's a problematic situation there, saying that word. Anyway, another train. I need you to get on down the line. Get on down the line. That's, that's not a song. I'm, I don't know. I just want the train to be gone. I wonder if the train conductor or the engineer or anybody on the train listens to podcasts. That'd be a good way to pass the time while you're chugging down the track. <laughs> I just, okay, I think it's gone. Well known and oft quoted. quoted. <laughs> Thanks, brain, for that. All right, come on, we got to get through this. We can do this. Okay. No, don't move your mic in the middle of recording. What are you doing? Rookie mistake here.